Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is a show where we get together every couple of weeks and try to cover all of the video game industry news and topics and try to get behind all of those news to understand what they mean and what they, uh, where they come from. My name is Patrick Beja and today I am joined by Barry Ricks, very well known as uh, the host of Sweet Kicks with Bricks, although you haven't done that in a while. Uh, well, I... I had one show this week, and I try to get two shows every week. Uh, you know, interviewing people from Kickstarter and stuff like that. So it's a it's keeping me busy for sure. And, and you then, also uh, have the Closet Geek. Yes, definitely. Uh, the Closet Geek is a just a, a geeky sh- review show that I uh, do with my three older brothers, actually. <laughs> and and uh, I'm sure that's always that always goes smoothly. And, uh, oh, of course, hitch, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of fun. We, you know, being three bro- being you know brothers that uh, we have an interesting on uh, you know presence, and we uh, we joke around and we pick on each other and all that stuff. So it it adds for definitely some for some entertainment value every now and then. Cool. Well, we have a bunch of news to discuss today. Uh, The first one is going to make Nintendo enthusiasts very excited uh, because we're starting to hear about the next console by the Japanese manufacturer. Uh, Then we have a little bit of uh, Sony PlayStation 4 talk with the price being cut in the US and some Star Wars Battlefront news that obviously we can't get around. And then there's some Steam OST machines, uh, some virtual reality Resident Evil, and uh, Square Enix doing Kickstarters, uh, and you know things like Kickstarters, basically crowd crowdfunding games, a bunch of stuff. Yes. But let's let's get started. I, I understand you're excited about the Square Enix crowdfunding because Kickstarter is your thing. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's I I'm a big fan of Kickstarter just because there's a lot of things that wouldn't have ever been made if it was never for Kickstarter. But it's interesting to see a lot of these larger companies now uh, getting involved with it, like Square Enix being one of them. And then you have a lot of people that are bringing back old games that people have wanted to you know, see sequels to for a long time. And they're getting millions and millions of dollars from, from people yeah. funding it and everything. So it's, it's really interesting to see... Uh, see everyone kind of jumping jumping on the crowdfunding wagon there um yeah i i think for for um shenmue we've discussed it a little bit and there i'm very worried about that game but that square enix thing you know what let's talk about it now i had it way down in the 
in the lineup. But um, basically, they're considering crowdfunding um, for games that are that have a, a big cult following in the West, but that have been developed for Japan and that they don't think would be able to make it um, in in the West, so they wouldn't invest the funds to localize them. Um, so this is just being considered right now, apparently. It's not like it's going to happen for sure. But I, I, I don't have a problem with that idea. Um, it, but I understand that some people might, you know, Square Enix is a very large corporation, um, and having big names like that resort to crowdfunding feels a little bit uh to be uh very polite counterintuitive um yeah so yeah. well it's kind of like well i'm this big large corporation why do i need if exactly, i feel if yeah. i feel this is something this is something that people want why do i need to go through crowdfunding to do it if i feel it's what people want and i've met a lot of people that uh you know they love the the you know, Japanese only release games that are only over there, you know, they buy the simulators or whatever they need to, to, you know, modify their current, uh, PlayStation and be able to play it on that. And so I know there's lots of people out there that play those games. So I, I can, I can see where people are coming from when they say that, oh, well, you know, why do you need Kickstarter? You have enough money to just make the game if you think there's a market for it. So you should just do it. But, uh, but that's the thing. I think that's the thing. Um, we're seeing this this trend in Kickstarter that is not just for you know basically kickstarting a project as it was initially intended. There's also a lot of people, who, a lot of companies that are using it now to gauge interest for that product. And Shenmue is a prime example of that. Um, I, I think there is, you know, Sony also has this system for hardware, for, for things that they would like to get off the ground, but aren't necessarily certain are going to work. People often um, don't realize, realize how expensive localizing a game is. Um, I think this as a way of gauging interest, because of course, if you're going to be making a a petition, then signing the thing doesn't make any, anyone involved uh, if you have to invest even a small amount you know five ten bucks i think it might be a, an interesting way of doing it i'm i'm not sure i'm completely against it and as a fan of japanese games that never make it to the west we know yeah. that there are some that just will not get ported or won't get localized so i think i think there is some um interesting element in that approach so i'm not ready to yeah. just condemn them yeah well and it's it'll be interesting because um you know dealing with a lot of kickstarter company uh people that do kickstarters for my show is i always get a, a large range of you know feedback of how people handle you know backing a kickstarter because uh, it's difference between backing like a video game versus a board game. Um, when you back a, a tabletop board game, you usually get it within a, a few months time, uh, generally, depending on the scale of the game. But uh, when you back a video game, I mean, you're, you're, you are backing the very earliest stages of a video game. And I don't think a lot right. of people re realize that when they do that. And so there's some companies that I've interviewed like over a year ago 
or more and and there's their game still not out because i mean it takes a lot to to make a video game and and i think people that back it are like oh it's been a year now why don't i have my game yet um <laughs> yeah, we, like, we have uh, a prime again a prime example of that with um star citizen which has yes. raised to to date like 82 83 million dollars it's ridiculous uh, it's, it's ridiculous and, yeah. but the game has become so ambitious that um it's obviously it's going to take a lot of time to to create that game it's already been three years and i don't think it's anywhere close to release oh no i'm i mean he and he just keeps adding more and more like expanding the scope of what the game is and so yeah when you add those things it just adds more time yeah and uh, And even you know even if you do know what you want to do uh, for a video game it's never just all right i have a plan i'm gonna do it like month by month and it's gonna be done in 10 months when you do this kind of product you iterate a lot and you do things and you see things that work and that don't work and you and i think for for star citizen specifically there's an argument to be made that a lot of people did kickstart and did back a certain game and they wanted that game and with uh, chris roberts keeping adding more and more stuff that's not the game they want they just want the game they backed initially and to be done with it um but yeah there's a lot of controversy around star yeah. citizen at the moment but uh, well it's a it's an interesting way of looking at it it's just like well give me the base game and then yeah. maybe add like expansions to it later type of thing so. All right, let's. Uh, but yeah, but for for Japanese games that didn't make it to the West yet, I think the game is already made. And if it's just localization, I think that process might also be a little bit faster. So it might take a few yeah. months, maybe a year, depending on the nature of the game. If there's a lot of voiceover or voice acting and stuff like that, um, but it's it might be a little bit easier. So yeah, I personally I like the idea. Yeah, um, no, I'm I'm for it. Yeah. The Wall Street Journal has a report on the Nintendo NX, which is the next uh, console by uh, Nintendo. And this is basically just things we already knew, uh, kind of. But when the Wall Street Journal uh, discusses them, it's not anything confirmed by any means, but it's certainly more uh, serious and more validated than when it's just rumors flying around. Yeah, it's a, it's a little little bit more uh, prestigious journalism <laughs> than, uh, you know, your friend's blog. Exactly. Or something like that. Or, or some guy in a podcast saying, I think it's got to be this, uh, exactly. like I might have. <laughs> um, so in this case, what we have, uh, the, the pieces of information we have from the Wall Street Journal is that the hardware isn't uh, finalized yet probably not but um, there are a couple of things first of all they're going to be having high-end uh, hardware uh, i'm talking about the silicon here uh, the chips are going to be basically is going to have nice graphics which is very different from the wii and the wii u and nintendo was very criticized for that criticized for that uh, i think they could easily um, get a uh, machine that would do ps4 or uh, xbox one level uh, graphics for oh, a very I, I reasonable no amount um especially since it's been those two consoles have been out for two years now it's going to be three years once the uh 
NX comes out. Um, they they are also saying that, uh, basically confirming that it is very probably going to be coming with a base unit and a portable unit that can be used in the living room with your console or uh, when you're out and about. Basically, that hybrid theory of a portable console and a home console mixed into one somehow. Um, and so it's kind of most- like... A- the Vita with the PlayStation 4, how you could switch back and forth type of situation. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say, but maybe, you know, maybe there's going to be elements of that. Maybe there's going to be elements of a Wii U type thing where you can use the, the portable portion with the game pad as a game pad with added functionality or if you if you and you could take that uh gamepad out of the the room and it would function individually like a you know a 3DS or a Game Boy would um so i think this is a, a an interesting idea um it would need to have games that work you know just on the TV or on both screens or you know there there could be multiple modes for games and different games that use them in different ways um so that would be something that we're still not completely sure about how it would work especially since honestly there are very few games that take advantage of the wii u gamepad um yeah but the the one interesting piece of information uh that i thought was the most interesting is that the estimation of the wall street journal is that the console would come out in 2016 so very likely for uh the holiday season 2016 um there are a few other um tidbits uh there's a studio called monolith that developed uh, xenoblade chronicles um and chronicles x which is recruiting very urgently and they have been known to to have helped Nintendo with titles like uh, Animal Crossing and some Zelda titles. So uh, they are working in very close uh, relationship with Nintendo. So and 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 I think Nintendo really can't afford uh, to have the um, completely barren landscape for more than a year. Um, there's Fire uh, yes. Firefox, Star Fox that's going to come out, and yeah, go ahead, Barry. Well, I no, it's a, it's exactly the point. I mean, they they brought out the Wii U, and they didn't have any of their like major titles come out with the Wii U when it first came out, and we still don't even have like a Zelda game for the Wii U, and you know that's a that's a in my mind like you you know with Nintendo you have you know you should have a Mario game, you should have a Zelda game, maybe like a a Metroid game or something. You know, have your have your big guns have a release with you know your system and that will you know boost the sales definitely but it, it, it's kind of weird that we still haven't seen that from yeah. Nintendo of course of course we do have Mario now in, in its various uh you know yeah there, there's ga- Smash games. Bros there's uh there's Mario Kart there's 3D World there's a uh, new Super Mario Bros Wii U uh you yeah. I mean um there there are a few but definitely I think at this point you know they've only sold 10 10 million which three years into the cycle is way not enough it's the worst performing console they've ever put out and some of them have been performing really badly already um i think they're basically writing off um yeah are they gonna just kind of are they just kind of yeah sweep it under the carpet basically when the next one be like Forget that the Wii U ever existed and focus on, you know, the NX when it comes out. 
That that is something that seems very likely. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some level of uh, 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 backwards compatibility uh, with the Wii U once the NX comes out. But um, the, it, I think the thing that is very likely uh, to happen is that Zelda is going to come out um, on, you know, something we've mentioned a few times on the show. It's going to come out both on Wii U and on the NX. And that's one oh, of the yeah. reasons why they've pushed uh, Zelda away from 2015. Well, I mean, that's what, that's exactly what they did with, with Twilight Princess when it, exactly. when it came out, you know? And so I think that would be, very smart for Nintendo to do for sure, but yeah, uh, they are, have to. They, they can't. They can't put out a Zelda game on a system like the Wii U. That is basically they could sell sell you know two three more millions, but it wouldn't bring it out of the pit that it's in anyway. So there's no Definitely. way. There's just they're just gonna put it out on Wii U. So are they? Um, are they thinking? Are they thinking they're gonna keep it calling the NX though? Or is <laughs> no, that just, I don't think is that so. still code name? No, I think it's code name. It's going to come out that's with, good, I don't know, Nintendo. A, that would be a, a lame name, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I like, you know, Nintendo Next or something, maybe. Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess that would be <laughs> what know, they would like be going for. The, the N would be the, uh, the, the one in the living room, and the X would be the one you can take away with you or... We'll there see. you go. Um, but my prediction is uh, holiday season 2016, very likely. Uh, latest yeah. is March 2017, very latest because they still have to be in the fiscal year, uh, you know, and that ends end of March. So I'm certain it's going to come out by end yeah. uh, March 2017. So do you think Nintendo will actually have a panel and a big presentation at E3 this year rather than their, you know, their you know internet thing that <laughs> they've been doing last. yeah so it's just like they need to i think they need to kind of like go big this year and have you know their sony and microsoft level of presentation but for nintendo i'd be like here's the new system guys and it's gonna be awesome that's a, that's a good yeah that's a good question i'm wondering if they would do even if they do a um a press conference or a keynote or you know a presentation i think it would be relatively low-key because they're always you know the the most humble of the three um i don't see you that know is, a big musical true. act or anything like that but it would be definitely very interesting to see if they were doing something there i think they will uh, i think a nintendo direct would be a little bit underwhelming for everyone you need to have people there cheering and you know clapping yeah. and people love nintendo people want to cheer for nintendo they just need a reason uh to do that and and recently unfortunately we haven't had that many valid reasons to be happy for nintendo's efforts so i could absolutely see them doing a presentation on stage uh with all that implies i agree um sony is uh cutting the price of the ps4 in the us uh they did that a few weeks ago in japan and now they've transferred over that price cut in the us it's uh 349 uh right now it's joining the xbox one at that price i think it couldn't uh stay more expensive significantly more expensive for too much longer especially in the US where the uh, competition of the Xbox One is a lot more uh, 
present in japan the xbox one is basically non-existent um <laughs> as, but, it, as it usually is so yeah exactly but but this time it's even worse i mean even the ps4 has had trouble selling because there's just no convincing um you know compelling titles for the japanese audience uh, but the xbox one is like it's it's selling in the you know low three figures sometimes uh some weeks which is can you imagine like you're you're microsoft and you have the xbox one and it's selling 150 consoles in the entire country in one week in japan Uh, no that's (laughs) that's unacceptable yeah well and, and it's interesting because the you know microsoft they finally like came out uh and said okay we realize that sony's you know kicking our booties in this uh, area, but we're, you know, we have some great things coming out type of thing. So it's, it's interesting that the president came out and it's just like, okay, we understand that we're behind in the race, but that doesn't mean we're out of the race. So yeah, here's, well, some, actually, here's some things to look forward to. Yeah, he, he did kind of say, I think he mentioned uh, something along the lines of, uh, we, I, I'm not sure we can catch up to Sony uh, for this generation. Yeah. It was Phil Spencer giving an interview. So he's kind of admitting that they might be out of the race from a number standpoint. Um, I do think that they have an excellent offer for the coming 18 months or so um and i i well it is I, definitely I a good console so um they'll they'll get some boosts in their sales for sure when uh halo 5 comes out so yeah it's well you know we're we're not even a month away so i'm not sure it, it will be boosted but uh in europe for example the playstation is dominating the xbox one like to an incredible degree it's like Two thirds of the market is is PlayStation Four as opposed to Xbox One, um, so it begs the question: Will they lower the price of the uh, PlayStation Four in Europe as well? And I do think they are going to. Um, they have a lot less um, uh, to worry about here, but it's been two years. Uh, the and and now you're getting into, you know, just grandma going to uh, maybe not grandma, but some person you know, who is not have a, have a black friday sale here you know after thanksgiving drop it down a little bit further and and yeah, yeah mom mom and dad are picking up the playstation 4 because their kids been bothering them for two years to get one <laughs> exactly or you know some student who's had a playstation 3 for a long time and they didn't want to purchase the the next console immediately because it was a little bit too expensive and the ps3 w- was still very valid now if they're going to go to the to the store and there's the xbox one that's 50 bucks uh cheaper on one side and the ps4 they're gonna think well you know what there's halo 5 and there's this i'm gonna get this one whereas for the playstation 4 the titles are not out quite yet but um they're gonna be out you know q1 and if it's uh, the same price it might be convincing for people so i think they have to but we'll see we have a uh the paris games week uh show in about uh 10 days a week or 10 days and um and i they have a big press conference there so i think they're gonna announce it there uh, but we'll see we might also have a release date for um no man's sky there but there's a rumor but might not happen uh, that'd be that'd be interesting if they yeah. they find they finally do that so yeah everyone's eagerly waiting Every, so yes everyone's been waiting for that they're like just get to it already yeah. 
Um, Star Wars Battlefront beta was uh, 10 days ago or so. Um, yeah, it was a little over a week. So I I got a chance to play it for a few hours, um, and so did nine million other people. That's a, a pretty successful beta. It's not very surprising. I mean, Battlefront is definitely one of the most expected games uh, of the year uh, with the the Star Wars fever happening, and it seems EA is intent on cashing in on that fever with a. $50 season pass, which will add new modes and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be content, but 50 bucks for the for the season pass is <laughs> pretty well, expensive. Well, it's like buying, it's, a yeah, it's buying a, a second game. And yeah. I mean, I guess it depends. Like they, they stated that there's basically going to be kind of like four different expansions within the season pass and... So I mean, if the, I guess if they have the level of content within those four expansions to, to what would be a game, I, I guess you could, you know, charge that much. But yeah, it seems a little pricey to, you know, oh, I bought this game for sixty bucks and now I need to buy another, you know, spend another fifty right away just to, yeah. you know, get some more content. Uh, I mean, a lot of the hardcore gamers, you know, that w- will probably get in on that. But uh, us, us little little people over here will be like, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'll wait for a while. Actually, that's a, a, an interesting uh, question because a lot of the feedback that we've heard from the beta was it's it's fun, but it's very. Um, uh, it's a very casual game and it doesn't have the staying power to keep the hardcore, you know, baby uh, Battlefront. I mean, sorry. Uh, uh, ah, uh, the, the game that dies does. Thank you, Battlefield um, uh, type of players interested for a really long time. I mean, it was just two multiplayer modes. One was a very simple, you know, relatively low number of objectives Um Mode and the other one was the full on uh battle of Hoth with the imperial you know a t a t s and there were a t s t s and a wings and x wings and interceptors and and you know it was it really felt like you were in the middle of the battle of Hoth it was an absolute i mean the game itself is very accessible and it puts you in a mood, in a setting that is incredibly well-crafted and well-designed. And I think that's the the biggest achievement that DICE has managed to do with this game. Um, it's make you feel like you are a pawn in that battle and you're really living through that whole thing. So... I think for a lot of more casual players, they will be very happy to play that game for a lot of the, you know, hardcore players are saying, well, you know, I can play 5, 10, 15 hours, but it won't keep me longer than that. But thinking about it, a lot of single player experiences last about that or even less than that. And we're happy to, to put 50 bucks into it. So I think. This is a, a possibly how to put it. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be willing to put out to to pay sixty bucks for it, but I'm sure that game is going to be ten bucks, fifteen bucks cheaper on Amazon a week after it's released, and yeah. by then it might be worth it. The game is 
gorgeous so beautiful uh, obviously we don't have andor the map on andor which was so pretty unbelievably pretty in the trailers so we haven't seen yes. that um but i'm looking forward to to seeing that as well and it plays well it's very easy it's very clever in the things it does for example when you shoot your uh your you know uh machine gun thing you just shoot lasers and they feel like they have impact they feel good but they they basically overheat so you can keep shooting for 30 seconds or 20 seconds and they overheat and then you have to wait for it to cool down you can make it cool down faster if you press the button at the right time but what that means is that you don't have to uh reload uh same for the grenade you can use use it once every seven seconds and you don't have you don't run out of them same for the sniper rifle same for the jetpack that makes boosts you to jump really far it feels really great so okay it's, easily very easily accessible uh sometimes you 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 know there were a couple of concerns you would uh die as soon as you would spawn because you don't understand what's happening and it was a little <laughs> bit one-sided the empire was way too strong in the hoth map but they're gonna address that um so i think for the target that it's targeting um it is very well crafted i think so it's, it's gonna it's succeed in that way so it's more for the the casual first person shooter rather than the hardcore per first person shooter. I think. And I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I could get behind that because I mean, there's so many games out there now that are so demanding of your time that it feels like I am I am I am that casual gamer that they they are going towards because you know I'm like, well, I I could play this game or this game or this. There's so much out there. It's kind of it's, it's hard to. Uh, dedicate yourself to just one thing but uh knowing that it's just like oh well i don't have to worry about you know purchasing items or you know using heavy strategy on you know just saving my grenades if they're always yeah. there for me type of thing and so i could see like for the hardcore gamers they're like oh well this is this isn't you know counter-strike and this isn't battlefront and all those things i you know and and that's, yeah, no, that's, that's cool that's... you know but but, you know, for someone that's just like, oh, I haven't played video games in like a week or two because I've been busy with work or family or something. And then you jump on and then it's, you know, to that level of casualness that you could still enjoy it rather than, oh, I've been gone for two weeks and I jump on there and, oh, I don't like playing this game because everyone's, you know, destroying me right when I spawn. So... I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see the, the the lessons they've learned and the info they got on their on their beta, and then continue on from there. I think no. I think you're exactly right. This is a game that is uh, not aimed at people who spend ten hours, fifteen hours, twenty hours a week playing like people who play battlefield possibly do you know the most engaged players probably spend a lot of time doing that and as someone who has recently dedicated their entire life to destiny i've basically played, <laughs> pledged my 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 soul your, uh, to your oryx. fealty to destiny exactly right. yeah my, my oryx is has my soul now i can't you know but <laughs> Uh, it's uh, the game that that battlefront game is absolutely aimed squarely at people who are excited about star wars with the, the you know the the sequel and who want to be into that universe more with and who like video games and it's people that might play single easy ish single player games usually and who just want to play that thing and it's 
totally aimed at them. They don't, they're not the kind of people that are going to go in and learn the intricacies of a battlefield map and, you know, the objectives that you need to do here. It's relatively easy to get the hang of. It's a little bit confusing when you wanted to go for the objective, but it doesn't matter all that much. Just go to the blinking thing that is blinking and you just try <laughs> to shoot stuff, right? So That's right. I think I think it's going to be successful in that sense. Um and maybe you know it's going to come out in in 2 weeks. Uh then you have the uh movie that's coming out a month later. People are going to be excited about it, this as well. I would have loved to have a single player experience. There is one, but it's really just, you know, specific maps with bots who take you yeah. through a series of objectives. So the the single slash co-op experience is not anything to to speak of but if they had had to make a full-on single-player experience like a campaign type thing it would have been so much more work it's a it's an entirely different endeavor um so i yes. understand what that's not what they wanted to do they they didn't want to have the uh you know the 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 work involved in all of this and honestly they're going to be making lots of money with this anyway so i think they didn't want to spend you you know the the story writing and the character uh voice acting and acting and like all of the different systems and the leveling and the they didn't want to bother with that and they're going to be making lots of money with this anyway so um, no it's a it's it's good because i mean they took a you know first person shooter genre that's you know, has its very hardcore gamers, and but then they're like, okay, let's get some of the the casual gamers into this area. You know, kind of like what Blizzard did with a uh, Heroes of the Storm, where you know you had your really hardcore League of Legend and your Dota two fans, and then they're like, oh well, let's um, let's make something similar, but to a level where someone that maybe was gone for a week or two can still jump on and 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 still enjoy playing a, a MOBA and so i i felt that they were very very successful uh with that with heroes for sure i think there's there's an interesting question there which is uh heroes like other blizzard games do can still be deep if you want to get into it it's it's Definitely. relatively accessible but it can become very strategically uh uh not complicated. Well, yeah, complicated if you want it to be. I think a lot of the criticism that a lot of people are are doing for Star Wars, uh, and keep in mind, you know, this is just the the initial beta with just a couple of maps. So there are going to be um, five additional game modes, you know, five additional objectives uh, in the game. So it might change. But the criticism that people are making is that the the deepness is not there in Battlefront. And that's what was yeah. disappointing to a lot of people. So we'll have to see how it works out. I mean, DICE knows what they're doing, um, but we don't know if they just wanted to make a, a casual game and that's it, or if they also included a, an, another layer uh, in that Battlefront game that will keep the most dedicated players playing for you know months and months to come. And if they don't, which is the impression that the, 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 the people had in that first beta... It raises the question of that season pass because if people don't stay for two, three, four, five, six months, is it going to be interesting for people to buy that season pass? That's that's the big question. A lot of people are saying this is basically going to be a case of um, uh, ah, what's that name? The mech game from Respawn Entertainment. Titanfall. There you go. Oh, Titanfall. Uh, yes. Where people played for a week or two, and then the servers yeah, I, were I deserted. Heard. 
Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Titanfall in like the last <laughs> year. <laughs> year, yeah, exactly. It's it, it's fun. I think they they well, let's not go over a discussion on Titanfall, but uh I loved it for <laughs> 10 hours. Basically, that's that's the the lesson for Titanfall, but we'll see. Battlefront is is exciting just because it is Star Wars. So It's Star Wars, of course. Yeah. It, this this is the Star Wars year. I mean, I went to Walmart the the other day and they have it's insane the marketing that Disney is doing with Star Wars now. There's Star Wars everything. Yeah. You know, like no matter what aisle you go to, whether it's a food aisle, a toy aisle, clothing aisle or whatever, there's Star Wars everywhere. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Holy cow, we're getting we'll get this huge oversaturation of Star Wars, but you know, it's it's what people want. It's it's really, you know, this is the year of Star Wars, and so it'd be pretty, pretty exciting when the movie comes out. Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if Star Wars is going to be, you know, it's going to depend on the movie. If the movie's good, the the hype is not going to die. If the movie is not good, then people are going to get sick of it pretty quickly. But um, well, yeah, I guess you'll know. Is, You'll know before us over here in the States since you're <laughs> three the days. day before we are. Three days. Or three days. I think uh, so, yeah. I think it's three that's days. Not, oh, that's not fair. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to score a ticket, though. It's it's going to be oh. difficult to to actually get a ticket for, for the you know first couple of days. Uh, maybe I'll go in the morning. You know, I'll save. Uh, I'll remove one of my podcast recording slots and just go to Star Wars instead. That's we'll right. See. And then you could do a review and be like, I did this for you guys. <laughs> Everything I do is for you guys. That's right. Um, all right, let's move on to Steam. Um, the Steam OS and Steam machines and Steam Link and Steam controllers uh, have Steam been delivered. Everything, <laughs> Steam everywhere. It's like Star Wars everywhere. Um, That's right. They they have been delivered to the people who pre-ordered, uh, and we've also had a few first impression reports uh, from a couple of publications. And I think there are a couple of directions that people are going. Um, the The Verge is basically saying. This is kind of cool, and uh, the Steam Link is really all you need uh, for your TV to become a, a PC console. And the the machine, the Steam machines are yeah okay, but the Steam Link is really cool. Um, Ars Technica is a little bit more iffy on the whole thing. They're saying that the the devices work, but uh, the Steam machines are really expensive. You have the Steam Link, which works. Uh, you know, not as well as you would like it to 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 work. Um, the controller is good, but not perfect, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I'm uh, and there's one thing that I um, that I noticed as well. If I can find it uh, again, the hardware power. They didn't manage to do some super uh, in depth. Uh, testing but they found that for some games they tested with uh, shadow of mordor and um they got some pretty disappointing uh numbers with the steam machine um they got uh for shadow of mordor uh 34 fps or 35 fps on low set uh, lowest uh settings and um the 
it's with the Alienware Steam Machine. I don't know which model, but on the Ultra setting, they only got like six or seven frames per second. Um, huh. And and the PlayStation 4 is able to run it at 30 frames per second, more or less, uh, which corresponds to somewhere between medium and high on the PC version. Um, so it's it's the the consoles which obviously are you know less expensive because the manufacturers can take a loss on the consoles because they're going to be making money on the on the uh the software um and in the case of the steam machine alienware is selling it for 750 dollars for that machine hmm. we're talking about yeah. and they have to sell it a little bit more expensive uh, a little bit more expensively because they can't make uh enough money on uh, on the whole thing they if, you know they have to make money and they can't make money on the resulting uh software sales and that yeah. is a system that is an i7 8 gigs of ram and the nvidia um gtx it's a 660m uh, class more or less so and on top of that you need to to you will only get the games that are linux compatible because the steam machine doesn't run windows it runs linux so the steam games that are linux compatible are the only ones that you're going to be able to to get for that device um it's i mean it's kind of it's kind of weird to me it's just like did is this something that the people really wanted i mean did people want steam to come and try to break into the console war i mean it's just like in my in my mind uh you know pc gaming is is that is like i i go and i sit down and i get in front of my my computer and i want to play the games on my computer because uh my the situation might be different for myself because you know i have a house full of 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 kids and stuff like that so you know they have the tv you know when they're playing their games and i'm like okay well i'll go play in my games on and this this has never appealed to me and i just thought it was kind of weird i'm like is this was this something high in demand or it's just kind of odd yeah i think i think um bewilderment is the reaction of a lot of people for that uh, steam machine in general it's kind of a device without a clear reason for being um but a couple of things i think there are some people that would like to play their pc games on their tv and i'm one of them and i think in this case the you know the uh link that's 50 bucks is a good solution if it works yeah, well the, the better um, better route for it yeah exactly you're you don't have to pay another 600 and or 700 and, or 800 dollars uh, machine if you can just get yes it's not going to be perfect and you you need to use it with a wired connection if you want to have some, um, I'm sorry, the best performance out of it, but it's 50 bucks. So it's probably better for most uses. Um, But the other thing, I think we're coming back to the roots of this whole thing. I think it was uh, Gabe Newell who saw Windows 8 come out with its uh, Windows Store, who was... Not terrified, but he was thinking, holy crap, they're coming to eat our lunch. If the Windows Store becomes a prevalent way for people to get their games, we're in trouble. Steam might be losing (laughs) Steam. Um, (laughs) So I think that was a reaction to that. Um, He was very much uh, trying to make sure Mm -hmm. that uh, he didn't 
get caught with his pants down and he started he kickstarted a another ecosystem where they could master everything and in the meantime um microsoft has changed a lot uh they've taken a beating with uh with windows 8 and they've decided that they were going to go a different route with windows 10 and they were not going to try and do everything they were going to try and focus a little bit more and they have been extremely supportive of gaming on Windows 10 for third parties. They've made many gestures towards Valve uh, many times in the past couple of years. So I think that crisis that prompted Valve to push uh, the Steam machines and the Steam OS uh, two years ago or three years ago, the, the, the context is different now. And we don't, we and Valve don't need it as much anymore. So, of course, they're still going to be doing it because they said they would and it would be ridiculous if they didn't. But I think it's a much less important uh, venture for them now. It's it's good to have, but I don't think it's as important as it was when they first announced it and there was the yeah. the danger of Windows 10 overtaking them potentially in some you know far-flung future um, than it is now. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I think I might pick up a Steam Link just to, you know, a Steam Link and a Steam Controller. We'll see. They come out for everyone on November 10. Uh, it's only um, pre-orders that were delivered now. Um, so I might pick up a Steam Link and, and just use it for my... Uh, because it is enjoyable to be on your TV. And, and if it works well, I have my PC running in some corner of the house and the games that come out on PC usually a lot cheaper, especially during sales. Um, and yeah. if it works well enough, and it seems to be, you know, well thought out, uh, it can be a good um, way of, of having all of those games on the TV with the comfort of the couch and the lean back experience. So might do that. Uh, oh, and well, by the way, I, I'll, I'll be excited to hear what your thoughts are on it. So, <laughs> I, I will see. I'm gonna wait a little bit. There are way too many games coming out this uh, holiday season. But <laughs> I know. Maybe it, next year. Once again, lots of things demanding our eyeballs. So. Yeah, exactly. And don't forget the 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 god Oryx that demands uh, my soul and my attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, Resident Evil, uh, we haven't heard about a new title in a while or an original title. Uh, it seems the team is uh, currently looking at virtual reality. Um, the team behind Resident Evil might be looking at virtual reality for their, nec their next project. Um, is it going to be a VR Resident Evil? We don't know. Uh, but I would definitely be... I mean, Resident Evil is very hit and miss. Um, they've had some excellent titles. They've had some examples of titles where they were really behind the times mechanically for gameplay. Um, but still, obviously, for you know a company like Capcom and a team like the Resident Evil team, if they're looking at re virtual reality, I would be very curious to see what comes out of it. Yeah, so. I mean... It, it if it's not a Resident Evil game, it, it will most likely be in the area of a, a horror thriller type game, I'm sure. So, you know, because that would be that'd be something that a lot of people, I think, would get behind is uh, playing that game where you have things jumping at you in virtual reality and, you know, <laughs> get that little scare factor going. Uh, it would going. Be terrifying. I know. Uh, I I'm like I don't know if I would want to do that, but I there's lots of people that are really into that, so I I think they would probably go for for that. Sure. Um, I mean, you could get pretty 
psyched up, psyched out and scared from just playing games in in the dark on your computer or something. But imagine having that right, you know, in your face and you know it feels yeah. real. That'd be a hopefully uh, no one has a heart attack or anything. And <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, I. I- think they would they could not put a game out that would be in that vein that wouldn't be a resident evil game especially with capcom you know having uh having the the spin-off fever with all of their titles and all of their franchises i i don't see that game not being a resident evil game if it ever comes out but um yeah i'm i'm not sure i would want to play it but uh we'll see (laughs) um there's a new gameplay trailer, or actually just nine minutes of uh, gameplay for Adrift. Do you know what Adrift is? I I don't. It's a it's basically Gravity the game. Uh, oh okay. You remember that movie with uh, what's her face? Sandra Bullock. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's it's basically someone who's in the space station and something goes wrong and you are in uh that space station and you you have to do stuff and that gameplay uh, uh that those 10 minutes of gameplay are it's hard to describe there's no music just the sound of you breathing and you're in obviously zero gravity and and you're moving from portion of to portion to the uh, of the space station and then going out in space and you're you need to replenish your oxygen levels every once in a while and it is really captivating i think this is a a game i will be very curious to to try I don't know how long they can keep that up. I I would think that game would probably be a a couple of hours experience. It seems yeah. like it would be better served as a um you know narrative thing more like um Gone Home or those types of games. It's going to come out uh in uh, 2016 for Xbox One, PS um PS4 of course and uh Oculus. So 2016 um yeah, I, yeah. I, agree, I agree. I agree with you, though. It, it can't be longer than like, let's say that the movie Gravity was because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, surprisingly, that movie could be very intense and, and very moving with just the amount of silence that was involved. And but but playing playing a video game is is different than watching a movie. So, I, yeah, it's got to be a, sh- a shorter game for sure, just to, to give you that experience. I can't imagine playing, you know, 10 hours of a game like that or anything. So that'll be a it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, for sure. Especially since it doesn't seem to have a lot of uh, hard gameplay elements. It's a lot of drifting around and going to one place and, and finding an uh, oxygen capsule and, uh, you know, that kind of thing it doesn't really involve any shooting or it might there might be some puzzle solving but it's not very involved active gameplay so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it's a shorter type of experience um far cry the next far cry was announced it's called far cry primal uh it's going to be released in 2016 and it is not a a modern guerrilla type uh, island where you have to go and take out um (laughs) take out uh, (laughs) bases and stuff like that uh it's set in the uh, stone age and i thought that was that's an interesting take it's 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 something different, and so I I like that. I'm I'm for that for sure. It's a different different take on, 
you know, I'm sure we'll get a lot of the similar similar gameplay for sure, but just a, you know, a different world to do it in. Yeah, I think, you know, Far Cry 1 and 2 were a specific type of game. Uh, 3 and 4 specifically, you know, when, when Ubisoft uh, got the franchise back, they made it, they perfected the formula, especially 4 improved on on 3. It was still very good, uh, but I think if they had made yet another one that is exactly like that and you're going in, I don't know, some southeastern, um, southwestern Asia, south. Eastern Asia, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, some developing country and, and doing the same thing again, it would have been the, the one episode too many. Um, so it's really interesting that they're taking this route and maybe they're going to introduce some new gameplay elements because it doesn't seem, for example, you have guns that you're shooting. Yeah. Right, yeah, so, you have your bow, your bow, and your spear hunting some mammoths down. Exactly, yeah, and and it's actually like if they manage to to, there was a little bit of of a feeling of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, yeah, PS4 I, exclusive, yeah. Which which that game looks fantastic too. Yeah. So that'll be a, be interesting. But that but yeah, with that game, that one's more of like a a post apocalyptic game where this one is like you know the beginning of mankind. And yeah, so you, you'll have sure. similar elements, but uh, slight differences as well. Yeah, I mean the the Horizon Zero Dawn is uh, they coined the phrase post post apocalyptic, so it's like we're restarting from zero. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's I mean yeah, obviously it's not going to be the same thing, but uh, hunting down a mammoth with a bow and a spear is going to be an interesting experience. So I wonder how they, they're going to make it work and how they're going to adapt the Far Cry formula. But I think that's really good on them for not recycling the same type of thing again. No, I, um, no, I totally agree. Blizzard's Overwatch is going into beta on October 27 in a week. Yes. I'm Finally. so excited. I know. <laughs> oh man, when they when they announced that, I was just like, I I was expecting them to wait until BlizzCon to to release their their beta. Well, and and granted, it's a it's a closed beta, so you won't be able to get in there and, and t- unless you get that oh so special email. Um, and so make sure you sign up for it. Uh, <laughs> but it's a no, I'm so excited for this game. And once again, it's kind of like that that aspect of uh taking a first-person shooter genre but like adding elements making maybe making it a little bit more simpler than like let's say Counter-Strike is or uh with the aspect of it doesn't seem like there's going to be like you know, you're not going to be like leveling up or you're not going to be buying a lot of item items or anything. It seems like Here's your character. They have these three abilities and they use this weapon and that's it. Go for it type of thing. Uh, and and I love that because it's just like, here's the simple aspect of it. But, you know, the then the idea is find, finding your the perfect team uh, composition and working together and playing off each other's, uh, you know, abilities. And I'm super stoked for this game. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely. I mean, the beta is going to be closed, um, and they're going to invite a very limited number of people. I think for the general beta, um, and I, I'm really hoping I can get in. I'm I'm not sure, even though I did work for the company, I'm I'm not sure I can get in. But um, <laughs> come but on, then, you'll, you'll get you'll get an email. I'm sure. Uh, for the first wave, I'm not certain, honestly. 
But we'll see. Um, and, and then they're going to have some uh, much larger weekends where they're going to invite a lot of people over, uh, you know, for a couple of days every once in a while. So definitely sign up if you haven't uh, signed up already, because I think they might have, you know, sometimes after, sometime after BlizzCon, a more one of those stress test weekends where they they test the infrastructure so we'll see how that works out um another thing that i really enjoyed they did a a two hours live stream for the announcement of the beta and there were a couple of elements that really showed that they're catering to uh, just like you're saying to to people who aren't necessarily uh used to playing fps's or competitive fps's at least like this one um and one of the things that i really liked was the inclusion of tips to tell you uh what you're doing wrong or what you could be doing better uh, without you having to scour the internet or watch videos or it's just silly little things um that make a lot of sense when you're when you're dying and you don't understand why uh, for example um it's things like uh you know it's a little tip that appears when you die it says uh the first step to defeating bastion is figuring out where he is deployed you know just actually understanding where that guy that enemy is is a something you might not really think about when you're in the middle of the whole battle and uh and just um uh dying repeatedly without understanding why uh another one yeah. is move erratically to make it more difficult for farah to hit you with her rocket launcher another thing that is uh not obvious for people who haven't played those types of games uh, a lot yeah there there's a ton of those tips um that hopefully are displayed when they apply to your to the way you died or to your gameplay situation. So I'm yeah, hoping this I is like going to be one of the things that they do to make it easier for people to get into it. Well, definitely, and it makes it makes it more enjoyable too because you're like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Now I'll I'll try that, and and if you do it and you succeed, you'd be like, oh well, thanks Blizzard for the, yeah. the nice tip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So hopefully it will it will uh, help people get into it. Um, the second Street Fighter beta is going to start on the 22nd. It's going to end on the 25th. Um, and it's going to include Rashid, Nikali, Ken, Vega, and Rainbow Mika, uh, and Karen. Uh, there's not going to be Zangief or Laura. And the characters from the first beta are not going to be available. But if you want to try it out, if you were in the first beta, you're invited into the second beta already. So no worries there. Um, but if you want to get into Street Fighter V, uh, you can go and sign up for the beta there are different ways of doing that for different regions um but yeah it's going to start in a few days so if you want to try it out uh you can you can probably get an invite uh the first wave was pretty easy to get into i think most people who got um uh, invited got uh, actually i'm sorry who signed up actually got into it now of course we couldn't play at the time but that was another issue because yeah. they messed up the uh the environment but that's you know what betas are for so hopefully yeah, the second yeah, one will go a, better it's all all to work out the kinks and finally um i am not a ratchet and clank player but if you are okay but i <laughs> but i am so all right so tell us about this piece of news oh i okay i'm super excited for this because one i do enjoy the the ratchet and clank franchise and they are making, or have made, I should say, a full-length feature, uh, but it's an it's an animated feature. It's not like they try to make it live action or anything. And it's uh, set to come out next April in 2016. And it's 
it's kind of like the the origin story of Ratchet and Clank that they're going, you know, showing how, you know, uh, Ratchet wants to, you know, become a space ranger and and save the galaxy, and he meets his little robot friend and and works with a, you know, Quark and and all these things, and it just looks like a lot of fun, and I I really enjoy, it. and it's it felt like it had the same feel as the video game, which is nice, and my son and I really enjoy playing that game, but uh, something that I thought was really cool about the movie is that. They they are keeping the original voice actors for for like Ratchet and Clank and uh, Commander Quark. So original voice actors from the game. So when you listen to go see the movie, it's not like oh that doesn't sound like them because it's going to be them, and that's really awesome. Um, of course, they do have you know big name Hollywood actors that are being uh, the other characters that will kind of be the drawing factor, and it was kind of kind of sad a little in a way because uh when they during the trailer they're like you know they list all these big hollywood actors that are gonna be voicing characters but they never really mention like oh the voice of you know of uh, ratchet is this person because you know it in a marketing standpoint they're gonna they're not really gonna mention his name because general public's not gonna know who those right. voice actors are right but uh I, I I felt sort of sort of sad for them though. It's like, oh well, you're not really getting any recognition for being the the lead voice actor in this movie. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. Maybe after this, they'll they'll branch out into Hollywood and and be in some other stuff. But I thought that was really cool. And and for those people that are not familiar with the Ratchet and Clank, it's a you know it's a wonderful platformer game where you play this character and it's all about using crazy different types of weapons you have like usually like a dozen different types of weapons that you can use from you know your classic blaster to a weapon that turns uh, your enemies into sheep and uh you know it's stuff like that and it's lots of fun and so if you if you enjoy a good platformer game this is a uh, ratchet and clank is always one of those go-tos you could go to to enjoy that but i but it's it's interesting because you know, vi- the video game industry is always trying to get their their fingers into Hollywood and to make movies. And, and of course, we've seen the really, really bad uh, movies made from games and then the, the ones that are, you know, weren't terrible but were okay. Um, you know, you, you go from the really terrible ones like the original Mario Brothers movie, which is a... Uh, you know, kind of a, it's a funny movie to watch. And then you have the Laura Croft movies, which were not that great. And, but then you had like the, the Prince of Persia movie, which was actually not that bad and it was enjoyable, but, uh, now they're trying, you know, okay, let's do an animated movie. And then, you know, and then you have all the rumors of like, you know, Uncharted being made into a movie and, and then you have Warcraft coming out next year and yeah, it'll I think be it's really getting- interesting. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, I think, it, well, I don't know about Ratchet and Clank. It seemed, honestly, for me, I don't know the, um, the games. I've never played a Ratchet and Clank. I'm sorry. I just, it wasn't my thing. That's okay. That's <laughs> but, okay. But uh, I'm reacting to the, to the audience. Um, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, like, how the, dare the trailer, you not play Ratchet there and Clank? There you go. That's, that's what I meant. Um, but the, the trailer felt a little bit formulaic. It did feel like a very 
uh, it felt like a an animated feature from a company that wasn't Pixar, that wasn't very inspired. Um, it, it was a lot of the things that you would expect, like, oh, look at this fuzzy guy who wants to be a ranger, and he's not, he's getting rejected, but he has heart, yeah. so he's got a big kid. And then it's a, look yeah, at that. It's a very, you know. very uh, typical storyline where you exactly. have the... The, the the hero of the show that's a nobody but he wants to be a somebody and because of circumstances yeah. he's thrown into this you know it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like star wars where luke skywalker well. was a nobody <laughs> well it's i mean became somebody i don't think i don't think the 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 story itself is what bothers me so much uh it's more of the the way it's written, I don't know. It feels like it ticks all the boxes of what a Hollywood animated feature should be, with the funny moments and the the. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it maybe it's gonna be fun. I don't think it's gonna be. Not even exceptional. I don't think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good, uh, you know, movie to go watch with your kids, but it's not gonna rise to the level of. Yeah, I don't think it's I gonna be. It's it's it's. Will not be a block, uh, a blockbuster, you know, big yeah. making move, money making machine. But uh, I think maybe it, it will be good exposure for the gaming for the game, industry. Yeah. Be Which like is this is based that, yeah. off of a video game, and yeah. now parents go buy it for your kids, type of thing. I think mm. that's maybe what they're. It's it's to create greater awareness and greater reach for the franchise rather than saying, Hey, this movie is going to be better than, uh, you know, going to make more money than, you know, the new Pixar movie. Uh, well, that's yeah. just not going to be, that's not going to happen. That's not going to yeah. be the case. For sure. But, uh, but to, to build it up and, and I can definitely see, uh, possible, you know, hikes in ratchet and clink, video game sales after the movie comes out so well yeah especially since there's you know the new game coming out uh at the same time so exactly that's that's you know good good marketing right there yeah. be like uh oh, expose them to the movie and then the kids are like there's a video game for this i want to <laughs> play it mommy let's go buy it right now or Type they're gonna be like yeah whatever i want to play you know marvel what it's something Ex exactly <laughs> actually yeah and that yeah yeah. Um, anyway, they're coming out uh, April 26th next year. So, yes, I'm sure Barry will go and queue up for his uh, to be first in the theater for. That's Ratchet right. And Clank. I will. I will be there with my son and my wife, and we'll have a good time. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it uh, for the show today. Thank you so much for being with us, Mr. Ricks. Um, oh, well, thank you. It was uh, it was awesome. Lots of fun and a, and a great honor to be on the show. <laughs> um, where can people find you if they want more? Yes, definitely. So one of the best places to find more stuff that I do is theclosetgeek.net, where I post all of my podcasts that I do. So uh, like Patrick said, I have The Closet Geek, which is the, the general geeky news show that I do with my, my three older brothers. So it's lots of fun. And I have Sweet Kicks with Bricks, which is I interview uh, gaming developers and designers, whether they're tabletop games or video games, getting their games funded on Kickstarter. And for those people that are interested, I actually do a third podcast with my wife, and uh, where it's a it's a parenting podcast. So we talk about 
being parents and being and it's you know we talk about marriage as well and so that's kind of fun but uh you could go there so the closetgeek.net or you could just reach out to me on twitter at bricks that's like the actual brick b-r-i-c-k-s and 2312 so bricks 2312 excellent the link to your twitter will be in the show notes so you can find it there yeah and um for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's easy to remember. It's Patrick with a knot in front of it. And um, you can also find the notes for this show on Frenchspin.com. That's where I post uh, the shows I produce. You will also find the Phileas Club over there, which is a show where we get people from different countries to get together and tell us how they saw the news from the past month. That's usually what we do. But um, a few days ago, we recorded a special episode with Turkey from Saudi Arabia, where we kind of explore the everyday life of people in his country. And I think that's a really interesting experiment that we're doing. It's it. The aim is to get people sort of a snapshot of what it is to spend a day in um, in Riyadh, the capital of the country. And I think we did an okay job at that. So, um, if you're curious about this and if you're, you know, you've never heard about how people actually do things in real life uh, in Saudi Arabia <laughs> and not just what you see on the news, uh, that's something you might want to go and check out. That's on Frenchspin.com, which is the site where I host my shows. And you'll find, as I said, this one over there as well. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with news from the Sony conference at the Paris Games Week. Should be exciting, hopefully hopefully we'll see see you in two weeks bye